Hi, and welcome to the Fit Girl Boss Podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Robin. And I'm Michelle. And the Fit Girl Boss Podcast is all about highlighting some pretty badass, amazing women who are CEOs, business owners, founders, whether of a small business or a big corporation. But the thing about these women is that they all prioritize their fitness, nutrition, and overall health. In this podcast, we talk about how we can marry a busy and healthy lifestyle together to achieve anything. And also the importance of how taking care of yourself physically and mentally through nutrition can have a positive effect on the bottom line of your business. This podcast is brought to you by Bodzi, an online nutrition and lifestyle coaching company dedicated to helping female entrepreneurs heighten their health and fitness levels all while running a business. Please visit us at www.bodzi.com. On today's episode, we have Natalie Allport. Natalie is a former national team snowboarder, athlete, and lifelong entrepreneur. She runs a marketing agency, 93 Agency, and has over a decade of experience in social media marketing and personal branding in the athlete, sports, and active brand space. She's a growth mindset and human performance nerd, and she shares her mental and physical improvement journey online that inspires others to go all in, which is also the name of her podcast. So make sure you guys go and check that out. Natalie has been featured by several notable media outlets, including the Globe and Mail on her athletic, educational, and entrepreneurial pursuits. Welcome, Natalie. I'll kind of let Michelle um, kick it off because she made some awesome notes, and I know she dove in and did some recon on you yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Pull out stalker mode. Pull out stalker <laughs> mode. Oh, no worries. I have a friend. He was in Austin and he messaged me. Uh, uh, yeah, so he, like, he was in down in Texas and he messaged me like some girl that he found on some, I don't know, some just celebrity dating app. And like, he's like a celebrity, but she's not. And I was like, how is she? And then I did all the recon because I know her. <laughs> he saw like, we follow each other. And I was like, oh my God, this is an old snowboard friend from six years ago. And I was like, mm, your lifestyle's done a lot. He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> I did all this thing. He's like, I'll come back to you for the next one. <laughs> I think your next, uh, your next venture should be uh, celebrity athlete matchmaking. Yeah. You know what? So uh, I, I connected with this girl and she has an app um, and she's, it's like an athlete dating app and she's trying to get it into the Olympics. And this other lady I know is helping her get funding. And so she already created it. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. So it's just going to be like everyone in the village instead of, it's going to, it's just going to be an easier route to hooking up. I was going to say, is that really filling a need? I don't know if that was was a need in the village. That was the awkwardest part too, because uh, before I met her, I met her on Clubhouse. She was always messaging me, uh, like, uh, you know, trying to get me into the app, like just cool messaging me. I never knew who she was. And I was always like, I feel bad because I get a lot of these messages of like partnerships and apps and whatever. And I just kind of ignored it because I was like, no, I'm in a relationship. So I just didn't respond. And then I connected with her and she's actually really cool. And I was like, oh, I feel so bad because I totally. That's tough, eh? I mean, that's so, because I'm the same. I mean, my, my, um, we talked about the message request folder yesterday and now it just gets lost. There's so many messages that oh. get lost in your message requests and in, in Instagram and the, the odd time I'll go check it and I have like 60 of them. And it's just like, it's hard to really connect like a personality to the messages sometimes. And you're like, Oh, do I, do I message this person back? Like, I don't really know, but it's so cold and out of the blue that like, what's going to come from this. It's so tough. That's funny that you met her on, on clubhouse later though. 
Yeah, I was like, wait a second. And then this lady that I like really respect is helping her with venture funding and stuff. So I was like, okay, no, she's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Originally, I was like, I'm in a relationship. Stop hounding me. But I'm dating him. <laughs> um, total side uh, side note here. Have you? So I know you're on Clubhouse a lot. Um, Michelle and I have been kind of going back and forth on on whether we like Clubhouse because we just don't. It's not that we don't understand it. We find it so to be so time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you got the new, oh my God, there's a really cute red bird on my windowsill right now. <laughs> so cute. Um, have you got the new Instagram update with the live rooms? Oh yeah. So I, I mean, I don't, I didn't even check to see if I got the update because I, but I saw that they are doing that update and yeah. batch testing it, but I think it's cool because like before you could only do a room obviously with like one person right so like you right. guys could do this live yeah. instead of you know you have two hosts and, and one person or like some sort of thing but it, it still is only limited to four I think four. people really like the clubhouse aspect in the sense that like there's some really like professional people on there who just they're not into video like they're high up in corporate and they don't want to put their face on Instagram live and whatever and so for mm-hmm. them it's easy like after a night of or after a day of working or in their lunch break just to check in on audio right they don't have to care like what they look like or right so I, I think nothing can like replace that in a sense it is that is a good point you're totally right how accessible audio can be right you can literally just be lying <laughs> on your couch and chime into a conversation like last night uh there was like a room I was in that was planned for like a month and it was like this podcast magazine and they're interviewing uh athletes who have podcasts and so like this whole thing was planned but like literally like my boyfriend came home like five minutes before and so he was eating and I literally just went and stretched while I was doing the room like yeah I don't have to prepare as if it's like a professional speaking thing I'm like literally I'm gonna lay on my foam roller and answer questions yeah 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 that's That's a good point that is a good point. It's yeah, it's super easy. I mean, we, we, I haven't been spending a ton of time on it just because I had to turn off the notifications. Like oh, I was getting... I've never had them on. So aggressive. Well, how do you turn it's them crazy. off? It only says you can turn them off for like a week at a time. And then I forget to turn them off again after oh, a week. Really? And then, yeah. Me too. Oh, I don't know. I think I, I just at the start, cause when I got clubhouse was right before Christmas yeah. and then I was moving. So I was like, I can't, I don't have time. And I was getting stressed out because everyone's pinging me into rooms and I'm like, Oh, these like cool people are here. And I'm like, no, like I can't get sucked into this rabbit hole. So I just turn them off. And then, yeah, now I just keep them. I just, never yeah, change. the notifications are, are pretty aggressive. Um, I That's just, like TikTok tr- too. Yeah. I've never had them on, on TikTok ever. ever. I don't have my notifications on TikTok yeah. either. Oh, you no, know it's that. bad cannot do that um did you did you know that robin's like a tiktok star like well, that's she's because of natalie <laughs> really oh yeah well like a big part of natalie like we so nat and i had a conversation like two weeks before i really started into tiktok and yeah. actually i think so when i was chatting with nat i had my old account it was like this old account yeah. that I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just throwing out videos. And then I was like, and then I chatted with Nat and I was like, okay, you know, fuck it. I'm going to just restart, like really focus um, on what content I'm putting out and just be consistent and just do it. And, uh, and then I would just like go on Nat's Instagram, um, uh, sorry, TikTok account and kind of see like, okay, like what is she doing? Like what, like, what is she, obviously we're talking about very different things. Right. But I mean, yeah. like the idea is the same, like, you like what do people are what are people attracted to and then I was like you know through following Nat and stuff I just kept doing research and like honestly I would spend hours just scrolling as you said Nat you're like at the beginning you just 
you just spend time like consuming, consuming, consuming and seeing what is like going off. Um, yeah. And then it just, you know, a few videos take off and next thing, you know, people value your opinion all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) TikTok's awesome. I actually, so I started a new one last Mm. week, I guess. Yeah. Just I, and how did I get the handle at athlete marketing? I was like, no one took this. How amazing. I saw that. That's exactly what I thought too. I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah, genius. And then I like, you know, I'm like, okay, well, how many people like care? Like I've consulted like pro teams and stuff, but like, I'm like, you know, the young kids, I want them to care. I think it's important. And then, yeah, it, it blew up the same. Like I was like, I think it's at 8,000. It's been like eight days maybe. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, this is, this is awesome. TikTok is so great. Do you think that a lot of your current audience, like, did you advertise your new account on your current audience? And I told nobody. Yeah. I just started it. And then like only now I shared it even on Instagram, like, Hey, follow this one. I just wanted to see what would happen. And, uh, I had a call with this guy. He was an ex NFL player and he wanted, he was like, we should collab on some sort of skit. And he was showing me this skit of like a photographer kind of like talking with this other photographer on YouTube. And I was like, huh. So I took 10 minutes and made a skit as if like a spot, like some kid is like wanting to be a sponsored athlete and they're asking me and I'm like, they're doing everything wrong. Like they're like, oh, they have a private account. They're just posting like emojis, like, you know, whatever. And then that one went over a hundred thousand and that one kind of like blew up. And I was like, wait, that took me like literally 10 minutes so yeah, that, that, that account, I think is going to be awesome. Cause it'll like go to my business. Cause I never like my personal account isn't about my business at all. It's just right. like me. So, and uh, that, I remember, yeah, exactly. I remember that's what we were talking about too. Like what your, what your kind of objective with your big audience on your personal account was, and you were talking about how it's more like, you know, for personal branding, speaking events, collaborations, like that type of stuff. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's awesome. Having this business one, it's going to feed. And so that's what I've been doing too. Like, just making a point of every TikTok that I post on my personal account, it feeds into my Instagram. Um, so I'm just like pushing people to go to my Instagram because that's where they can learn more about the business, right? Like you're not going to learn too much about the business on, on TikTok um, unless they actively like, cause I don't think I have, I don't think I have in my TikTok, the, the, the hyperlink in my bio. I don't think I just have the Q and A. I don't know. There's, I, I, I was like, thing, yeah. I was going through like the creator account and the business account and then the personal account. And when I switched from personal to business, the, all the, the, um, the sounds were just all, um, oh. you can't do the copyrighted sounds. You have to go. If you're to verified like, too. You know, you can't do them. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, wait a second. And I thought it was like an app update or like something happened. So I was like Googling it. I was like, what, where are my sounds? Like, why can't I hit viral sounds anymore? They're like, oh, it's a, it's cause you're a business account. So switch from business to creator, but then you lose your ability to have a hyperlink in your bio. Yeah. So I've been kind of like playing with what's more valuable, a hyperlink in my bio or, um, a viral sound. And it's been interesting because the past few videos I've done, I've had no sounds on it at like at all. And they've been like 10 K 11 K views, which is like fine. It's like way higher than like the two K I got the other day with a viral sound on it. So it's weird. It's like, yeah, you have to like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about TikTok. Like you're always learning and it's always different. Like it's never the same. Like as much as you can say like, okay, repeat that thing that was successful. It's like, sometimes it just doesn't happen, but that's like kind of the fun part because it makes you look at content differently. Like, especially people who were like worried about Instagram, like, oh shit, like this post didn't do well. It's like, I feel like I don't care about that anymore. It's like, this is all just an experiment. (laughs) This one will get a hundred thousand. It is an experiment. Five, like whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Instagram is hilarious with their, I mean, like I I was scrolling through like my old, 
just like my two last two weeks of content and and it's it's crazy how much they're pushing reels right now like oh, yeah it's so insane uh and I and I see it and I see people telling me like you gotta do reels you gotta do reels and I'm like yeah, yeah yeah like it's fine but then you go over your past week of content and it's like a piece like a, a carousel post that I put in like a solid 30 minutes, 40 minutes designing, got like 23 likes. And then the reels are all consistently over like 100, 200 like comments. And I'm like, okay, like that clearly, like they're just pushing them out. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, they want to take market share from TikTok and they want to like be a staple and there's still not enough people creating. That's like, I keep getting messages from people who followed me for years. They're like, oh, like your content over these last, like this last year is so amazing. And I was like, oh yeah, well, it's just because reels came. So I can just post what I post on my TikTok here. And they're like, oh no, but like the motivational stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I posted on my TikTok. Like, you think I just dance? I don't dance. Yeah. I was like, like, no, you don't want to see me dancing. You don't want to see me try. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, Yeah. Okay. That was a great tangent. I'm glad we went down that road. Um, um, I love TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is awesome. You know what? Yeah. It seems so silly at the start. I think I actually started at Trombla on a trip with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, this is so funny. And and, and, and he, he even made some like stupid ones like of me. Like there was one audio that was trending about like, uh like kicking out your one night stand or something and he saw me like packing my bag from our trip and I'm like what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> and like I thought he would be the one who would take all of TikTok because he's actually really funny and then he just never posted again and then like I made this funny one something to do with snowboarding and it like took off and then I got yeah. home and got super into it and then the pandemic happened right went a different direction <laughs> that's so funny um I know the t- like TikTok for me at the very beginning, like when I first got into it was at the beginning of the pandemic too. And the whole time I was just trying to get me and Doug to do dance together. I was like, that's my goal. This is my purpose in life is to be on TikTok, like to get Doug to dance. And it, right. and months and months later, like I would spend so much time trying to learn a dance and then try to teach Doug and he wouldn't do it. So, oh, so yeah. upsetting. Yeah. Well, that's like uh, the first three months of the pandemic, I didn't see Austin at all because he lived in Cornwall and everyone, especially it was so serious, like yep. don't go to a different city, whatever. So then that's when like my TikTok took off because I was alone yeah. and I just could create like all day I just like those videos videos and then so yeah so then now I'm like well now how could I yeah some people's couples accounts go off and I was like no um okay let's um Michelle do you have your let yeah I'll t- let you kind of take off yeah I have the notes and I'll just give a little bit of an overview then I'll and I'll kind of get into it so um let's pull my notes So Natalie, you actually know Robin uh, through CrossFit, but I have to say, I was just looking over your website and learning about you last night. I know, I know I'm a bit of a last minute studier, but I was drawn into your story. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your story and your transition from an athlete to an entrepreneur? Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, I was into like every single sport that I could get my hands on. That was pretty much my life. We didn't have video games. Uh, My family really didn't watch TV. It was like go outside at all times. So our life was really filled with with sport. Uh, Hockey was my main one. And then I found snowboarding. And so to my parents' dismay, I decided to pursue snowboarding. I was absolutely no good when I started. (laughs) It still bothers me because my boyfriend just started snowboarding and he was hitting a jump in our front yard like three, three days into it. And it's bothering me because it took me like three years to get to that point. 
But yeah, I just kind of like stuck to snowboarding, really like the freedom aspect of it and uh, kind of just went all in on, on that aspect and spent every waking moment snowboarding after school, uh, before school, if it snowed, uh, became a snowboard instructor so I could do that stuff. And then I ended up graduating high school semester early so that I could start snowboarding and traveling and ended up that summer snowboarding, uh, slopestyle snowboarding got into the Olympics. And so I ended up on the junior national team. So that kind of changed the trajectory of everything. Cause I was like, I'm just going to move to Whistler and try to be like a pro snowboarder filming and like that life, which is very different than the competition type life. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, so then when I got on there, then all of a sudden I was thrown into having to have a coach, having to work on my fitness and like get a strength and conditioning coach, um, working on my nutrition, working on my mindset, like everything kind of started from there because I was pretty much self-taught and all of the people I was going to compete against had coaches since they were kids. So uh, that was a big year of relearning everything that I did and like learning how to be a high performance athlete. Then I spent four years part of the national team program. Uh, I just missed out on the 2014 Olympics. Uh, and in 2015, I made the hard decision to step away from the sport and I transitioned into CrossFit, which is where I met Robin And I also uh, dove into entrepreneurship and a lot of athletes do dive into like business or something afterwards, corporate world or entrepreneurship. But for me, like when I grew up, I I had two plans. I was like, I want to be a pro athlete. And then when I was asked my backup plan, I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Um, My dad's an entrepreneur. Both my parents are in marketing. So it was just kind of since a young age, like I knew I wanted to do both. Like even if I did make it and was like the Olympic champion, still always wanted to have a business at the same time. Um, so I actually started my business a year before I stepped away from the sport. And then I was just able to like, uh, allocate more of my time towards it when I did transition out of snowboarding. So cool. I'm just over here, like fangirling. <laughs> it is a really cool story. Um, and, uh, I mean, unless, and unless you're in that world, that world, that, you know, that athletic world and, and being surrounded by athletes, you don't like, I mean, maybe this is just for me, but it is not news to me, but it is interesting to hear that a lot of athletes go that path and like kind of go down that entrepreneurial path. Um, It's also interesting. And this is news to me too, like hearing you hear that entrepreneurship was something that you wanted to pursue from a very young age. Like you, you kind of think like that, Oh, maybe, Oh, I've stepped away from snowboarding. I don't really have this anymore. What do I do? And then you make that decision, but that's cool that it's kind of always been intertwined for you. Yeah. I mean, I think I was lucky that it was because there's so many like negative, not negative, but like really hard times that I had to deal with, with stepping away from the sport. And I think other people have the financial aspects to deal with the, what do I do next? And in some aspects I had that figured out, it was more like the emotional side that I had to focus on. Um, But yeah, like I was that kid who sold gum at school. Um, I have all the lemonade stands uh, my family and I, we started our first business when I was 10, we made and sold thousands of dollars worth of agility ladders just by like to hockey oh, teams, yeah. baseball teams. Like we, we did everything. Uh, my mom, I didn't want her lunches at school. So I, that's why I sold gum so that I could buy like <laughs> cookies and all these treats for, uh, for lunch. Cause I didn't have money. So, uh, that's what I would do. I was just always hustling and onto the next thing. It's in your blood. That's so funny. I yeah. hear, yeah, I constantly hear stories of like successful entrepreneurs saying things like that where it's like it's been in my blood since like a very you know forever I guess um and and they continue to tell stories just like you did or had lemonade stands or I was selling 
you know, old sneakers on the side of the road or like whatever. And uh, it's just so funny as an entrepreneur myself, it's like, I never had that. Am I supposed to be here? (laughs) Sometimes I have that feeling. I'm like, was I supposed to be selling uh, like (laughs) sticks on the side of the road when I was two? Like, (laughs) I feel like that's like a a prerequisite sometimes for being an entrepreneur. It's like, you have to have a story like that. (laughs) No, Um, no. you know what? Like some people right now, the hot thing in entrepreneurship or like at least investing is like sports cards. Like that's taken off the last year. And I was like, okay, well, when I was eight, I created this eBay account before my, behind my parents' back so that I could sell, buy and sell sports cards. So I still have thousands of them. Oh my God. In, in a case, but yet like the people who just picked it up over the pandemic are probably doing a hundred times better than I am because what are you going to do with those? You got to do something with those. Yeah. So you know what? I've been through some of them. And then like one of my friends is like one of the, the guys who's like really high up in sports cards trading and all these things. So like I asked him cause my boyfriend found some old Pokemon cards too. And so actually I think my boyfriend's Pokemon cards are worth more than like the cards I have because That's I have insane. like 3000 hockey cards but they're the year that everything got printed, overprinted. So they're really mm-hmm. not like worth anything. Um, but I do have some, like I have a Sidney Crosby's a rookie, whole rookie set. I remember investing in that and thinking 30 years from now, I'm going to thank myself. <laughs> and uh, I have, I don't know, just like some other things. And I, but like, I think the modern trading is very different. It's like, I got into it and got into it when there was a ton of cards versus if I either got cards from my grandparents probably would have done better. Or if I yeah. like I'm doing the modern thing where I'm like buying like a card of like LeBron right now or something. Right. So yeah, maybe I didn't get into it the best time, but That's so I was, funny. I was betting on it, on it. So I did not know that that was like, a, like circling back to be a big thing right now. It's like Beanie Babies. Yeah. <laughs> massive massive and now people are doing like the NFTs and the crypto space and like selling like virtual like oh sports cards. It's, it's crazy. I think with the pandemic, right? People are like, they have the time. Oh, and yeah. then, yeah, like I, uh, what was it? Like one of the LeBron rookie or something or Michael Jordan rookie. It's like over a million dollars. Like, oh like, like there's no joke. Like some of these things are going up, like where you could have bought it for, there's cards that you could have bought for 30,000 literally six months ago. And now they're like 300,000. Like it, things are really exploding. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, well, we, you said something and when you first were starting to tell your story, you said your mantra, which is kind of cool to hear you say naturally, um, where you talked about how you went, you decided to go all in for snowboarding. Is that kind of where you got your name for your podcast? Um, and talk to us about kind of that whole, I guess, just like way of living. Cause it kind of is a way of living to go all in, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And uh, I love that question, because I think the all in mantra has has kind of evolved in my life as I've matured. When I was a kid, like hyper focus, like every week, it was a new business idea. And my dad will say, Okay, what is it this week? And I'd sit down, make a PowerPoint Shark Tank presentation. uh, And then they'd say no. And then the next week, it'd be something different. Um, So like, I was always all in, but it was like, those things would change. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when I found snowboarding, it was like all in on that. But when I had hockey before that, I would sleep with my, like with my stick and my hockey equipment. I was like uh, obsessed, you know? Um, And so, but now all in has kind of taken a different mantra as as I've learned, like, you know, to, to, especially with identity of like being more than an athlete, being more than just, you know, obsessed with this one part of your life. And so to me, being all in is like all in on your life, on your passions, on your goals, but that like encompasses all aspects of your life. Like 
not just on sport, like also being just a better human uh, on your mindset, on your relationships, on all these different aspects. So it's more holistic than like, okay, I'm all in on podcasting and I'm going to talk to nobody, just this. I'm just, you (laughs) know, like it's, it's just that you're betting on yourself in any aspect of what you want to do. And you don't set those limits. You're like, okay, if I want to do this, like I'm going to give my full effort. I'm not going to be, you know, half-ass it because I don't want to look like a, you know, a failure if I fall short. It's like, who cares? Like just bet on yourself and, and go and take the risk and do it. Totally. I think that's a really important thing to, for people to take away too, that being all in doesn't mean like where you jumped around from things to things when you were younger, like that is totally okay. Right. Like just because you're all in with one thing doesn't mean you're stuck there because I feel like a lot of people, um, and I was actually having a conversation with somebody the other day where they just, you know, they feel stuck in their job and they feel like they can't change, but they don't want to give it up because they feel like they're committed to it and stuff like that. And I think like, it's important to understand that being all in doesn't mean that if you lost passion or you've lost your fire, you can't change, right? Like it means, you know, you give it your all, you give it a hundred percent. And then if it doesn't work out, you move on. Or if your passion changes, you move on and then you go all in on the next thing. Um, Cause yeah. feelings, I mean, I feeling stuck is, is uh, probably one of the worst feelings in the world. Like feeling like you can't change because you're committed to something that you no longer have like a passion for. That was like my whole last year snowboarding. Like I was feeling like, I don't know if I want to be here. And that just made things worse because then I was feeling guilty. You know, people were saying, oh, you're living this dream life and doing this. And I wasn't happy being there. And then I was like, well, I feel like I can't tell people that because like I am living this dream life, but it's not my dream life anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's And, you know, at Bodzi, we are big advocates of taking care of yourself, not only physically, but mentally as well. And, you know, you don't shy away from talking about anxiety or depression. And and even just now, you know, you mentioned that you weren't living your ideal life um, for you. So I guess my question is, uh, how do you make sure that you stay ahead of that now? with being an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a great question because I think I've even in the last year have transitioned different things in my business a lot. Uh, you know, I learned, I, my, my business has changed a lot with the clients that I work with, um, the realm that I've gone down. And those are also lessons that I had to like look back on that snowboarding lesson and think, okay, like what can I take from there? And, you know, be okay with making that transition where, you know, I built a business at the start of working with other businesses. And then I realized that's not the impact that I want to create. I want to impact more people uh, and especially in the athlete space. So then I was like, okay, I got a transition, but it was hard. Like it was, it was hard to do that, but I think it comes down to working on self-awareness. I think that's kind of like the basis for everything. And then just taking time and having that time to think. And checking in with yourself, like if you are starting to feel like this anxiety and these things come up, like get out a paper and pen, maybe take a day, take an afternoon and start writing down like why, what, what is coming up? I, I have an exercise I do with a whiteboard and I'll just like, you know, create myself some space for a few hours and I'll just write things and I'll kind of work backwards. So I'll be like, Hey, like just put down words and see what happens and then see what's the commonalities there. And then like break it down and keep breaking it down. Keep asking myself more questions until I get to the answer of like, 
oh, like I'm working really hard on this. It's making a lot of money, but it's not what I want to be doing. And that's why I'm feeling this anxiety or that's why I'm not feeling like I want to do this work or whatever it is constantly. So just spending that time doing that. uh, And I try to do that preemptively. So like just check in with myself always and kind of be reviewing things and journaling things so that I can see the trends. And if I am getting off track, like, what was it? Was it because everyone said I need to be on clubhouse for 10 hours and I'm spending 10 hours and that's not, you know, aligning with my mission. Uh, I'm able to like quickly learn that and uh, it gets faster and faster each time. Like it's been years and years of practice, right? Like with snowboarding, it took me a while to figure out uh, and get the confidence even to leave that situation. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with business. And like now it's slowly, I'm like learning to pivot. Like if I want to pivot tomorrow, it's like, okay, now I feel comfortable. I can do that quickly. Yeah. I like that. What you said there about um, being proactive with your journaling, right? Like for anybody who's listening, who, you know, doesn't journal or doesn't goal set regularly or doesn't kind of reflect on their actions in their life. Like that's something that's so important to do regularly, because if you don't, then you, then you are being reactive. You get to this point of, I'm not happy. What do I do? Blah, blah. And then you have to fix it. Right. Whereas if you are like yourself, you're being proactive with taking steps to make sure that you are on track, your actions are in line with your goals, like all the stuff, then you can notice, like you said, the trends, oh, the trends are going in the wrong direction. Let me steer myself back on track, back to a path where I am going to be happy. So you're not having to pull yourself out of a hole later on. Um, that's why like, yeah, regular goal setting, journaling, like all that stuff is, is so important and it doesn't have to be like this hokey, like, um, hippy dippy thing where you're sitting down and you have a feelings journal. It's literally (laughs) like take a whiteboard, right. Turn it into like this very pragmatic thing where it's like, I'm going to just go, just going to take a look at my life and like, write it down, write down thoughts, write down feelings. And like, that's such a, such an important tool. Yeah. yeah. Well, hundred percent. Even, even, even doing habit tracking, like you track your habits yes. and you realize there's one certain habit that you're really struggling with. Well, maybe like it's because that habit is leading to a goal that you're not that passionate about. And so you can see through those like consistent tracking that you're like, Oh, like I'm not doing this every single day. Why is it? Because like, you know, maybe the habit is failing me or is it really because I don't care that much about the long-term goal, just something that someone told me I should do. Yeah. So yeah, being proactive is important because like you said, like when you get into that hole, it's really difficult. And also like when you're then go into that hole where you're feeling like horrible and you really need to make a change, you you could be clouded in your judgment of what you do need to change because everything is like shitty. So you're like, I don't want to yes. do this. No, I don't want to do this. Versus if you do it when you're in a more positive state and just little tweaks, you're probably going to be uh, just in a better state of mind to make those rational decisions. Yep, absolutely. I could not agree more. And that's a, that's a really important point to tie into um, any sort of health or nutrition journey in general, right? Like making, making small changes, making small tweaks. Don't let yourself get to a position where you feel like you have to make this big drastic change because then you're going to end up biting off more than you can chew. You're going to join like this crazy fad crash diet. You're going to do something that's totally outside of your comfort zone in order to get a result that you want. And, and that only happens when you get yourself to this point of like, I'm so miserable in myself. Like I'm so unhappy with where I am. I need to do something huge. Right. And that's not, that's not always the answer. It really is the answer. Yeah, it's very true. And then that's where, yeah, people get the yo-yo diets, the the yo-yo business plans, whatever it is. Right. So similar. It's so like, it's just through this whole, um, I mean, even myself, this journey that I'm going through of 
building up a nutrition business, it's so cool to see like there's so many links between building up yourself as a healthy human being and building up your business. Like there's so many common links. It's really cool to talk about. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think if you don't look at it through that lens either, that's when businesses burn out and there's different things. So I think it's good to look at it through that lens. Yeah, totally. Um, so on that kind of note, it's kind of like a smooth transition to talk about how your, um, your diet and your nutrition, your lifestyle, um, and we can even kind of dive into your training a little bit. How has that changed, um, from, you know, being an athlete, um, training kind of for that specific goal to nowadays? Yeah. Oof, so many changes, like, especially over the last, I guess, since just before the pandemic, um, because I still was competing in a set, like in CrossFit. And so I still was spending so many hours at the gym, but I was, you know, burning myself out, spending like six hours at the gym, trying to bring my laptop to get work done in between sets. Like it's still, my life was still prioritized around the workout first and then like, okay, then I do my business. And then what happened was, so this was in 2019, I guess, I had a a competition in the UK, and then I was going to do the Asia CrossFit Championships in Shanghai. And I Mm -hmm. had maybe like a couple months in between there. And I had a bunch of health issues, just like I was burning myself out. Uh, I ended up having to take like over two weeks off from training where my boyfriend had to drive me around because I was getting like all these crazy... I remember um, that, yeah. Yeah, side effects. So like I went into that competition for the first time, like not being, I think every competition I've done, I'm like, okay, I led up to this with great training. Like I had all these expectations. I went there knowing like I haven't trained, like, uh, you know, I'm just not on the top of my game. I've been overwhelmed with work. I have these health issues going on. Um, and so it was interesting to me because I was able to go to that competition. Really. Uh, I felt like it was actually my best mental competition because I like got over bad events really quickly Uh, I was just present. I was like happy with everything. It just like my body couldn't keep up. So I was like, okay, it would be cool to see, you know, when these things match. And then I went to Bali for four weeks and crashed my motorbike. And uh, that was an interesting experience because I've done that before. (laughs) And uh, I landed on my shoulder. I was literally going like 60K and a cat ran in front of the front tire of my bike. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to kill the cat. So like kind of like skidded out, ditched the bike and like flew across the the pavement and then like kind of cut up my like half my body and then hurt my ac joint in my shoulder which i've hurt both before and robin you know my shoulder and overhead mobility is like literally my biggest weakness still pause for one quick second still to this day every time i take off a shirt like this i Um, think of you because you can't do it i can't oh my gosh No, I have the worst, like, T-spine and shoulder mobility is horrible. And everyone's like, oh, you have CrossFit shoulder. I'm like, no, like, it's been from snowboarding, landing on my shoulders. Then when I started CrossFit, I could never spend time, like, working on anything overhead because they would just hurt. And it was all from just, like, those issues and just the mobility, especially in snowboarding. Like, bad posture is good style. So you Mm want to be, like, hunched over. Like, imagine you land, like, super upright posture. It'd be, like, weird, right? (laughs) So like my physio and my coach would fight because all summer I'm working on my posture and then all winter I'm like completely ruining it again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So then of course I landed on my shoulder and, um, that kind of took me out. I came home. I actually had an event that I had promised to do because it was like a deal with like a sponsor and all these things. So I had to go there. Um, and I ended up like last workout of the event really hurting my neck. Like I couldn't move it. Mm. at all and that probably just stemmed from the issue of the shoulder and trying to fight through it 
So after that, I like, you know, I was working with coaches, nutritionists, everyone. And I said, I'm going to take a pause. Like, I just need time. Like it's been since I was like a teenager that I've been a full-time athlete. And obviously I, you know, my coach also talked to me about like, you can't try to be Mark Zuckerberg and Tia Claire to me at the same time. Like it just doesn't work. So I said, you know, I'm going to like just rehab this injury and you focus on my business. So I took some time off where I just, I had no programming. I would just go to the gym. My boyfriend was a coach at the time. So whatever workout he wanted to do, I'll do with one arm and Mm -hmm. um, just try to like, you know, focus on that. And then uh, I found that was like good, but my shoulder still wasn't healing, which was odd because usually that injury takes maybe a month or two, but you know, even still to this day, it's still bothering me. So I just, you know, still took my time and I was in a point where I was like, you know what, I have no rush to return to competition. Like I didn't do the open and then the pandemic had happened. Of mm-hmm. course. So there hasn't been any competition. So uh, it's been about, I guess it's been almost two years now, maybe a year and a half that it's been like business first and then like training second. And so the biggest difference that there's been there is that before training was where I needed to save my energy for, because everything was about how can I get better to compete at CrossFit? So I need my energy every day to be into those workouts. Now it's the opposite where I'm like, I don't want to do something that's going to completely deplete my energy because I need to be focused for speaking for business for those things. So now it's not that the workout comes second. It's that it's, it's based around my energy levels from the other things that require them the most. Um, and not to say that that couldn't change, uh, as my shoulder is getting better and like more thinking about, do I want to get back into competition? Like, what do I want to do? Do I want to ramp up my training again? But I'm in a place where I'm like, no rush. Like now everything is about how can I be mentally like there for all my work? Because with training at that level, like I was like a zombie outside of training. Like there's no energy to do work. There's no energy to be present. And I was probably super moody too, like just spending all that time in the gym. There is um, that sliding scale, right, where workouts can and are very conducive to increased energy and increased productivity and increased focus and mental awareness when it comes to your business. But then there's that point where it goes too far, right? Do you find that you're in a point right now where your workouts are positively affecting your business finally? Yeah, 100%. Like, for example, I'll even schedule, I was talking with someone about this as well, where I feel like even just like doing a podcast speaking or like whatever, like those give me energy, but at the same time are like, they take energy too, because you're Mm -hmm. talking, you're, you know, being interpersonal and different things. So I will schedule like a workout, like after this, I'm probably going to go cross country skiing. And I'll do something like that, where it just balances it out. It's like a reset button. Um, And for me, when I was training, that reset button was like meditation after training. So then I could try to still have some energy for work in that transition. But now it's like that workout is actually my transition period. Like, and sometimes it's just going for a walk Mm -hmm. um, between like work events. And so I do find those things definitely give me energy. I mean, sometimes I'll push it. Like when it's the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I want to do a Metcon with my boyfriend or uh, I want to do something. Or last summer I was filming day of training as different athletes. And some of that involved like 12 hours of training. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) But that's like specific days, specific times, right? But like, yeah, if I have like, you know, something, say I had something important tonight and I knew like doing a hard workout, I'm just not going to have the energy. I'm like, that comes first. Like I'll just Mm -hmm. do a walk then. And I'm okay with the fact like, today I didn't necessarily get fitter, but that's like not my ultimate goal. Like I'm happy and I'm healthy. And that, again, that could change, but 
I think it's better in, in this certain moment because if I'm just like drowsy for any work events, it's not going to work out so well. No, that's cool. Yeah. That's a good message. So all the nutrition information that you obtained while you were training, how do you feel like you've transferred that over to real life? Because we have a few very high level athletes um, working with us right now that have transformed into just regular life. They've retired. They're not, you know, doing their sport anymore and they're struggling with how to eat based on that. So what would your advice be or how did you in your own life go from eating to perform to eating to perform in your business? Yeah. You you know, what was really strange was I think at the start of the pandemic, I, once it came spring, I was like posting some videos and people were messaging me like, you're really lean right now. And I was like, it's not doing any training. It was strange how like that happened. Um, but for me, like I, Uh, I look at it the same way with what gives me energy. And I think, you know, nutrition always was something like, okay, how am I going to eat for my training and then recover from my training? But because I was spending so much time in the gym that also involved like sometimes drinking Gatorade powder in the middle of workouts and things like that. So I don't really do any of those things now. Um, (laughs) Try to stay away from that. I actually... Uh, during that time when I was having all these, these health issues in 2019, uh, my doctor like said, I have really low blood sugar. So I have to be eating super often. And at that time I was forgetting meals sometimes because I was going from the gym to like, Oh my God, I have a business meeting or Mm. I have this. And I would literally forget to eat and it was horrible. And then I try to make up all my macros in in the nighttime because I was like, Oh, I have to eat all my food. Um, but then I would be so lightheaded all throughout the day. So now it's like, I have to be really aware on that and make sure that I've eaten like before I have this, I'm like, okay, if this is going to be like an hour, make sure I have my meal, especially if I want to go cross country skiing after I need to time that out. So I wouldn't, I said it's changed in the sense that I probably don't eat as many like really quick carbs that I needed for sport, but it still is like, I recognize that mental energy takes a lot of energy as well. And so I need to eat properly, especially my breakfast and different meals um, to be mentally alert. Like I know some of the foods that'll make me then feel drowsy. And so just being aware of like, okay, if I eat this now, I know I'm going to feel drowsy, but it's the nighttime. Like, let me just enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Like I'll have a sugar crash, but it's okay. But I won't do that early in the day when I do have meetings or different things. So just being cognizant of everything that I eat and the effects that it has and making those decisions, whether it's like, okay, yeah, I'll take the, the cons here or yeah. uh, no, like I need to be diligent because I have a meeting that I want to be alert for. Yeah. And also understanding like the different types of energy, right? Like it's not like this big burst of energy that you need pre-training or pre-gym or pre-whatever. Like that's when you crush a Gatorade and like get the sugar spike and you're like, or pre-workout. I remember we had a hilarious (laughs) conversation about pre-workout in one of our previous podcasts. Um, But then, you know, that is not the same type of energy that is needed to go into. It's still a lot of energy that you need to, yes, be present for a conversation, but you need uh, energy from vegetables and good quality food and micronutrients versus getting a lot of your energy from like the big macros in order to give you that boost of physical energy you need for your training. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Like it would. Yeah. Imagine I just crushed a Red Bull before this. And <laughs> no one wants to see that. Dry scoop a dry scoop a, a pre workout, crush a Red Bull, and then go into an interview. <laughs> oh my I get so weird. I'd be like the weirdest person. Like, oh, oh my me gosh. Too, me too. Like yeah, that's it. Exactly. Like, I want to be high energy, but like balanced energy. Totally. Um, yeah. And not crash because I I do know like I I will crash hard, and so I think in in sport right like you would have that pre-workout but then you're having inter-workout carbs like yes. an hour later and then this like to sustain you for like all that energy that you need consistently and you're like keeping fueling versus I'm like no now I need like more balanced energy I don't want those crash because if I crash uh in the afternoon which I mean kind of naturally I, I definitely hit that low point and I do change what I do when I do hit that low point but if it's a total crash like great I was productive for one hour in the morning but now I'm like boom, nothing for the rest of the day. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen either because even if I have the most important thing in the morning, like there's other things to do. It's like my yeah. job isn't done after two hours in the gym. It's like, no, it's throughout the day. Right. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, now we have, I just have like one kind of more topic um, to talk about before we kind of wrap things up, but you talk and speak and and share tons of content about your passion with women in sport where did that come from like what like and obviously being a woman athlete like female athlete like that's kind of a natural progression but is there kind of like something or a time in your life where you decided that oh this is like something that I need to start speaking about this is something that I really want to start educating people on um kind of talk to us about how that path, because if we take a look at your TikTok and your Instagram, a lot of your content is about that, right? Yeah. And about like just educating people on it and and sharing the stats, right? You put out a, an awesome video that Michelle, I think watched as well about, yeah. uh, it was like two days ago, but you're just rhyming off all these statistics about why women drop out of sport a lot earlier. Um, so how does, yeah, how did that, tell us a little bit more about that story. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, you know what? I think that actually came about with TikTok. I think that's almost like what my TikTok kind of turned into from the start. And it was interesting because like, actually my Instagram was like, it's pretty 50, 50 and uh, it's 50, 50 now, but it was actually much more male heavy centric before mm -hmm. of my followers because of the fact that like, I was a snowboarder um, right. and it's definitely a male centric sport. So like a lot of my early followers were guys um and I don't think I'm like that person who was like you know posting weird like half naked photos and like <laughs> he was actually like really supportive guys you know what I mean like yeah. not like creepy guys okay yeah. <laughs> um but yeah now it's kind of like gone to this almost 50 50 point because of TikTok my TikTok is like probably 70 percent plus women mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I never thought of someone I was someone who related to other girls or women because I grew up having a lot of more guy friends. Um, but that also stemmed because when I was a young girl, like I was bullied all the time for being into sports and like, all I cared about was sports. There was days where I would skateboard to school with a basketball in my hand. Like that yeah. was me like wearing the basketball Jersey and, um, just like always wanting to hang out with the guys. And I just always felt this pressure like it was it's almost like you build up in that process, like an internalized misogyny where you're like, I'm not like, the other girls I don't want to mm -hmm. hang out with them because I'm yeah I only want to do sports like it's stupid to care about this or this and then as I've matured I realized oh like that's internalized misogyny and also I just wanted to start sharing because it's something I never really talked about 
was like just being those issues that I had in school with being bullied by girls and guys and feeling excluded because I was so into sports and like that's all I cared about. So yeah. uh, when I started my TikTok, I started kind of sharing some of that stuff, especially knowing that there were younger girls like watching. And so I was like, what would I would have wanted to see when I was a younger girl? When I was a younger girl, I just didn't feel like there, I had those female role models um, that I could look to. It was like, you know, there's like the models in the magazines. And then for the guys, there's the athletes. So I always related with male athletes. As like my role models, I had Muhammad Ali on my wall. I had Tom, like, you know, I had all the pro male athletes on my wall. And they're like, as I started getting into snowboarding, there started to become some more female role models as, you know, I started competing even against them. Um, and so I started getting some female role models, um, still kind of felt like, you know, kind of like a girl in a, a boy's world. And then, yeah, and then it came full circle with TikTok and realizing some of these things that these girls go through. And uh, I posted a video, I think last summer, and it was just kind of me sitting there and just saying how upsetting it is that like a lot of young girls can't have the same dreams as guys when it comes to sports of like, you know, playing in this massive arena with everyone like chanting your name and like, you know, the guys get, they go to the Super Bowl and everyone's chanting Brady. Like there's yeah. no, no opportunity for a female athlete to have that same like level of impact. Yeah. And uh, I woke up with literally 3000 comments from angry teen boys. <laughs> and it was insane. Like, I remember being so upset, not upset because they were like calling me stupid names and the video wasn't even about me, which was so silly. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, wow, like I'm so past that. Like, I don't care what you say to me, but it was seeing girls try to defend being into sports and them just trashing them trashing and them. realizing that this hasn't changed. Like, I was like, wait, like I thought this has improved since I was like a teen or a young, young girl and it, it hadn't. So then yeah. that like really fired me up. I was like, okay, like I'm going to, you know, I can take the heat because I know these young girls probably can. It's going to really, really upset them. So I was like, let me, like, I'm going to share more about this. Yeah. Um, eventually I had to take a break because these people were literally like trying to take down my account. They're like reporting me like the team boys, like that's how crazy that they're, they are. Jeez, um, so I stopped posting as much, you know, instead of just kind of being myself posting training content that was kind of like bringing around girls who were like more motivated to be strong and stuff naturally, uh, rather than like, you know, sharing stats or whatever. Um, but now I've definitely got back into it and into a place where it's not like saying like, you know, men are the issue or whatever. It's more like positively. It's just educating, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's literally just exactly. educating on like, like, this is why this is the case. It shouldn't be like this, but this is why. And then if we can understand like, you know, the history of it and the reasons why it's happening, then we can, then we can come from a place of knowledge and acting against it. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Like most, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I think you nailed it on the head too. Like it is, it does seem like it's going in the right direction, but we're still really far behind. Like I love when, you know, my son who's seven years old, we get to watch hockey night in Canada on the weekends and Cassie Campbell's on the, on the panel. I love that, mm -hmm. but, um, there's still that gap that it's not happening at like the teenage level yet. And it needs to be much more accepted. Yeah. For sure. Oh, hundred percent. And you know what? I think one of the issues too, is that the way internalized misogyny has worked, especially as a female athlete, you feel like you want to be the only one, like you have to fight for this one seat at the table. Mm -hmm. So it almost makes you look yep. at other women as like, kind of like an obstacle or a competition. Yeah. 
And now I've changed that mindset to like, no, why are we fighting for this one seat at the table? We need to fight for more seats at the table. That's um, so good. Yeah. And so that's something that has really, really changed with me instead of like, oh, like I want to bring other women up. I want to like support them and like build community instead of like, hey, I want to be the one who goes pro. I want to be, you know, this person. And that's something that I've, you know, really learned and through sharing and through seeing content. And last year I had the opportunity of working with an organization that, they based their whole goal is to close the gender pay gap. So they work exclusively with pro female athletes to get them Instagram paid sponsorship opportunities um, and try to like help market them. And so I was able to work with all their athletes, including like the PWH uh, PA athletes, teaching them Instagram marketing and social media, because I think that's part of it. Like female athletes are more accessible. Like you message LeBron, he's not going to respond, but someone like Cassie Campbell, she yeah. actually could respond and that can make a huge difference on a young girl uh, and, and just that impact there. And so for me, it's like, you know, my, my base, my knowledge being in marketing, it's like, how can I use that for good? And so um, as much as I work with athletes of all genders, like I really specifically honed in on trying to really help the, the female athletes, especially the pro female athletes to make sure that they, can grow their presence and they're bought into that. Like you see the PWHPA marketing themselves in new ways. You see the, uh, the national women's hockey league, they were streaming on Twitch. The NHL is so back. Like I'm in some hockey marketing groups. They're so old school in their marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The reason that the national women's hockey league is progressive and doing some of these things and trying to reach the next generation because they know they have to, right. They come from a place of like, if our league is going to survive, we have to be innovative. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. So my mindset is like, how, what are the solutions? How can we change this with marketing? How can we change it with investment into the top level? Because you even look at, for example, the reason why these teen girls are dropping out of sport, there's social stigma, there's all these issues, but a lot of it is like parents are going to invest in the sun if they have this pro opportunity for girls. It's like sports are a distraction from school because school is the only way you're going to go and make a career. Yeah, so it's right. like sports are fun. Even playing college sports, like that life is very stressful. A lot of people end up with eating disorders, uh, body image, just like they're spending so much time training and then trying to manage school. Like there's a lot of mental health issues that come with that. You know, female athletes are going to be like, well, what is it for if I have no pro opportunity? This is right. just, what, you know, what's the point? Yeah. Fun and I'm not making any money. And so now one, like NCAA is going to allow college athletes to make money, which I think is massive Huge. for women's sports. Yeah. Um, but two, like for me in the marketing aspects, like we need that investment at the top level, those pro opportunities, because then it's going to be something that a young girl is going to say to her parent, I want to be a pro athlete. And they're going to yeah. say, oh, yeah, you can do it because there is a league. There is an opportunity. When I wanted to be a hockey player, NBA, I would say all the time. And, you know, he would say, okay, you can do it. And we go train. But then when I grew up, I realized, no, there's, there's not that opportunity and there's no paid opportunity in a lot of these sports. And even like I was lucky in snowboarding and same thing in CrossFit where they are a little bit more gender neutral. And because of the way that they work with sponsorships rather than like pro contracts, um, you can kind of make some more money in, in that sense than like trying to pursue volleyball or something where you go overseas and sometimes you have to pay for your own equipment. Or I have a friend who's in uh, Sweden right now playing pro hockey she doesn't make any money at all. She's like, you know what? I said, I want to live my life and having these memories. So I'm going to go and do this knowing that like I'm sacrificing, she was sacrificing, you know, her set job, everything just to spend her twenties making no money, but you know, to play sports and make an impact and just make memories. And I thought that's so cool. But like, 
imagine if they actually did have those opportunities. Yeah. Because then that'll also increase the level of play and kind of close that argument of people saying, oh, they're not as good. There's not, well, we have to focus on a million things at once versus a male athlete can just be like sports. That's Hone it. in. Yeah. 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 It's so many issues. So complicated. And that's why yeah. it's hard when you have it. You can't argue with those team boys because they don't look at it from those no. aspects. And you can't expect them to either, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, I mean, yeah. Even just you listing off like four or five of those different reasons why it's so complicated. Like I I was totally unaware of that. And so I'm sure a lot of people listening as well are unaware of it too. How can they, as someone who is on social media, who is maybe they do watch sports, maybe they're involved in sports themselves. How can they support in a very simple way? How can they support female athletes? Yeah, I think just elevate their voices. So mm-hmm. whether it's like making sure you're following the pages, um, that helps, right? Like yeah. just having that follower count increase on an athlete, they can charge more with their sponsorships. Uh, for the leagues, they can like leverage that. And you're clearly like, you know, I, mean, I think put your money where your mouth is. So if you want to, you know, you have that money to invest and buy merch or whatever it is, like do it. Like I want to buy a Ionescu jersey. And I'm like, I don't want to buy any NBA players jersey. I want to buy an Ionescu jersey. Yeah. I have like a, a WNBA hoodie. I have a PWHPA hoodie. So I'm like right. trying to get into that side. But uh, I think, you know, for free, you follow their accounts, you elevate their voices, um, you advocate if you can. And I think one of the most important things is, you know, people sometimes they say, well, for example, there's ESPNW or, um, there's like some women specific media companies that's not enough because until we change the narrative where these male centric like sports center in february three percent of their um content was women's sports three yeah. percent like absolutely yeah. like horrible yeah and uh barstool's worst i'm like yeah. i'm a big like i could go on all day uh, about the way barstool portrays women um you know they post their fail videos versus men they're like oh here's a yeah. highlight yeah but you have to change those accounts. That's what matters because until we have young men looking at female athletes and respecting them, there's going to be this divide forever. Um, and yeah. so that's what I think matters, right? Like I grew up looking at male athletes and I had no issue thinking that they're from another gender, but it's because I didn't see the female athletes. So there's one thing to change that and have female athletes looking up to other female athletes, but it's like, it has to go across genders. It has mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Yeah. The three of us need to get Dave Portnoy on a podcast and just like, <laughs> Just get hound them. Just oh get God. into it. You know what? It's, uh, yeah, it's so interesting. I, I follow enough of Barstool on my TikTok. Whenever, if a Barstool thing comes up, I put like, not interested, don't ever show me this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, you're not getting my view count. Like, yeah. like and I, I mean, what, you can't argue with what he's done for small business lately, but when it comes to women in sport, and I do know that their CEO is, is a, you know, a, a woman and kind of a female athlete and supports women's sport, but it just, it's like those accounts people say they're like well of course they don't post this because it won't go to their audience i'm like there's no change if you're just posting to the misogynist audience yeah. you're just encouraging it to get worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. yeah so like unless someone wants to like even if it takes a hit to their view count or Expand their your audience yeah income like that's the only real way and so i i think i mean things are changing we see like together that just started two days ago with um chloe kim sue bird alex morgan yeah manual like they came together and I think that's going to be amazing, but we still need like the normal male dominated media to change and yep. you know, change yeah. how they're portraying women. Yeah. Now you're fighting a hard fight and I, I commend it. you for it. Uh, I love yeah, it. It's huge. Uh, yeah. You, like, literally I was like a uh, pandemic happened. I'm like, huh, I'm, I'm really chill. Then I posted this video. I'm like, I am angry. <laughs> 
3,000 raging hormonal uh, teenage boys just at your throat. They would message me on Instagram, too. They would come to my Instagram oh, and message me, and I would just, I didn't even respond. I just blocked them. I was like, yeah, yeah that's all you can and do. And then they'll try to message me on someone else. Like someone, I think someone emailed me. And they're like, it. why did you block me? I was like, are you joking? Who has like, this time why? in yeah. their life? And um, yeah, that's just, it's. Uh, it's so problematic and it just bums me out because I'm like, oh my God, their parents, you know, somehow instilled this in them or, yeah. mm-hmm. but it is, it is cultural, right? Like if you're a young boy and you're trying to fit in at school and the cool, cool guy says, you know, women's sports are stupid. You're going to you go along do? with it. Oh, like, yeah. Right? yeah. And that's what you said too. You can't, it's tough not to, bl- like you can't blame them, right? Well, it's just like, yeah. you can't blame them, but you, you do have to just continue to educate because that's all you can do. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of have to take that, that end outcome out of it. Like, right. Like you're not going to change anyone's mind, but maybe you can get some more awareness, fire up some more people. Exactly. People are going to be more aware of the way that they speak to their sons, their daughters, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. women's sports. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I think that's one of the things you can do. I think obviously investment we're seeing is huge. Like the start of angel city FC. Um, all of this is top of mind. Cause literally I have in front of me, like every sports equipment and uh, 10 different hoodies because I'm going to film a video uh, for International Women's Day about like top things that happened in the past year for women's sports. So like just highlighting different things that happened, like Sarah Fuller playing the Vanderbilt for Vanderbilt kicking, like all these things, but I'm going to do it with like, you know, have a football and whatever. So I have all that all laid out. So it's all top of mind because I have this, like everything written out for it. And um, just looking back over the progress we've made over the last year is pretty awesome, but it's still... It's just, it's still just not there, you're right? scratching the surface, yeah. um, but it's a That's great hilarious. start. And we're going to be releasing this episode on, on Women's Day. So people are going to be listening to this on Women's Day on Monday too, which I think is amazing. Um, we'll be putting out, I think I'm going to do a similar, a similar video too of, you know, highlighting women's accomplishments in the past uh, year in business as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's just an awesome time to have this conversation. Um, now we have one more question for you. Like we, we like to wrap up everybody's interviews with, what would be your last ever meal? Oof. Oh, that is hard to choose. Really Sorry. hard. If I was like in jail, can't you ask for anything you want? Because I think I would ask for like 20 meals in one. Um, yeah. Last meal. Just do a mixed, yeah. mixed plate. Yeah. Like, I mean, there has to be some chicken nuggets in there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good. Uh, wood-fired pizza. That oh, is like, oh. oh my God. That's a good I, answer. Yeah, wood-fired pizza is, like, I want a wood-fired oven. I've been considering trying to build one or buy one. Okay, I know which one to get. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. Michelle will send it to you. She's been, she sent it to me a couple weeks back, and it's. I, mean, I need to print it out and post it on the fridge so that Doug can look at it every single day. Because... On the vision board. <laughs> yeah, it's on, on the, the vision board. board. It's so, it's amazing. <laughs> you know what? My, uh, so Austin and I were like, oh, let's build a sauna. And then we're like, hey, we're not building, like, a 10 grand sauna. Like, no. And I was like, let's build a pizza oven. And then we just kind of lost our motivation. But... <laughs> I really want a pizza oven because, uh, so he, but he likes like those thick pizzas oh, and there's no. one place here that is like that. And he's like, Oh, that's the best. And I'm like, no, the best is like that the, one place oh. that had the wood fire. And he's like, it was so expensive. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. It's so yeah. good. Like you need to build one awesome. and you have the perfect place now you're living in, uh, Chelsea, you're in Chelsea, right? Yep, yep. I mean, Chelsea, you got like an awesome backyard. It looks like based on your videos that like, you have the space for it. You should just go for it. I, I think so. I totally agree. I, you know what? I built this pit and I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the store, buy all this wood, make a fire, put like a thing on top. And yep. then I'm going to buy a pizza, like a wood fire pizza. And then when, when Austin gets home, I mean, it's going to be there and he's going to think I made it. <laughs> <laughs> 
was going to do that one day, and then I ran out of time after I finished building my whole pit and everything. Um, so I didn't do that. But yeah, what if our pizza has to be on there? We went we went on a road trip at West, and we realized like every night we were getting this like really like because we went through Northern Ontario, we drove, and it was horrible food, horrible. Yeah. And uh, so once we got out West, we're like, let's go to nice places, and it seemed like wood fire pizza, wood fire pizza again, wood yeah. fire pizza again. Oh, so, so good. That's like, a good yeah. answer. I think that's I think that's yeah, that's a good answer. I like that. We've had some interesting answers. One of our uh one of our guests said that she would have a chocolate protein shake as her last meal and i was like well you're committed right i mean yeah she wants to be yeah if if that's the legacy it's like exactly exactly (laughs) even on her last meal you could not break her no 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 and that's and that's exactly who she is she's just like let's fucking go nothing's gonna get in my way protein shake on my last dying breath oh man oh, <laughs> oh yeah, my no. god I'm, I'm all you know what so yesterday i posted a video on tiktok and it was me reaching like i was going to eat a cookie and i just filmed it and i said like um you know don't like use I, i'm gonna butcher even what i just said but i was like don't use cookies as like a punishment for working out or mm-hmm. like um or like you have to work out because you ate the cookie whatever like i was like just eat the damn cookie yeah and this guy commented because i do post like a lot of mindset stuff and motivation on my account he's like cool take that's a soft mindset i was like all right if you're <laughs> about your mental health is a soft mindset like that's cool <laughs> soft, <laughs> like, soft mindset i was like that's... then i guess i have a soft mindset yeah but, like you know like one cookie isn't gonna isn't gonna ruin everything no. um, <laughs> you ate that cookie you're fucking soft get out of here <laughs> right and you know like my audience being that there's a lot so i get asked all the time like what do you eat in a day how do you have abs like and i get really hesitant about answering that question yeah. because i'm like well i i also know like as a kid like i've always had a really fast metabolism i would yeah. drink like, 30 cans of pop in a day and yet yeah. i was like super lean and like you know like i didn't train at the start of the pandemic and suddenly i like people are like oh you how did you get your abs yeah. I was like I don't know like really yeah. I don't and so it's genetics a lot of it too eh that people yeah. yeah so I try to be honest with people of like saying like hey this is what I eat like I don't want to do an eat in a day where it's like encouraging people to like follow something that they shouldn't they just eat, eat wood-fired pizza for like three days straight oh and yeah they that get too yeah. like, I try to be honest so I try to be honest with people and I try to like I just know there's so many people who are struggling especially female athletes with eating disorders and things yeah. like that which is I've open my eyes through TikTok of that issue. Yeah. So I try to be really cognizant of it. And just like when it comes to eating, instead of like posting, okay, like I, sometimes I do, I post like a, what I eat for breakfast, but I'd be like, don't shy away from carbs. And it'd be like something like I'm eating a lot of food. Yeah. Um, so I just try to be like really aware of that. So that's why I made that video. I was like, you know, I know there's a lot of girls who follow me who probably are stressed. And some people commented that, you know, like, thank you. Like, you know, I needed this. And then this guy soft mindset. And I was like, whatever, dude, like <laughs> Jim bro, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it is tough having uh yeah. Posting those, t- those, what I eat in a, vi- eat in a day videos. I, they're really hard. Um, like they're so popular and I get it. I get why they're so popular. It's almost as if it's their answer, right? Like people are looking for answers and they see someone that they want to look like or be like they look up to and they're like, okay, I'm just going to do that. Um, but it's, 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 it's so misleading. Right. And I'm the same way when people are like, show me more of your meals. Every time I post a meal, I have like something leading up to it where I'm like, but this is why I'm eating this way. And this is my goal. And this is what I've been through. And like, you try and like, you know, buffer it with all this other information so they don't take it so literally, but 
you know. Do you find it, I'll ask you this, do you find it really hard to be that self-aware? Because I, All the I time. do, because yeah. I post about motivation, but I also like care a lot about mental health. So sometimes I'm like, I spend so much time trying to think about how I word things. Yes. So that it doesn't th- make people be like uh, toxic positivity or right. just like, oh, I need to take no rest. And, and especially like- on platforms like where you and I are on TikTok, where you have 30 seconds to say something, right? And you're trying to get out all this information that's like going to help somebody, but there's so much that's unsaid, like just, and I, and I constantly am thinking about the unsaid. So what I've been doing on TikTok is I post something and then I'll usually follow up with a live session. like, like pretty shortly after. And I'll, I'll just say like, you know, here's my explanation on the video. Like I talk about it a little bit more. I talk about like, I answer some questions on the video and stuff like that. Um, and then I'll usually like follow it up with a bit of a longer post on Instagram too. So like, just to give it a little bit of backstory, because I'm the exact same way. I'm like, wait, should I say it this way? Because then they're going to take it this way, but I don't mean it that way. And then it's like, ah, like it's tough. That's why I like reels. At least you can post more of a caption than you can like in TikTok. But yeah, I I feel the same. Like sometimes I'll comment on my own video and be like, hey, but remember this. Exactly. Um, Because similar, like one of one video that got, I think, 500,000. And it was like me just saying like athletes, show me it's your rest day without showing me or tell me it's your rest day without telling me it's your rest day. Right. But like a lot of comments and people who remade it. There was a guy, he remade it one day. He said, tell me it's your rest day. They'll tell me your rest day. He's like, I don't take days off. Like, no, 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 no. And so I commented. I said, hey, I was like, love the motivation. Love the grind. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, just remember, like, even LeBron takes rest days because, like, it's important for longevity and preventing injury. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, and I, but, I, you know, I, I got a lot of that, right? Because, like, I was someone who, like, posts a lot of motivation. So people are yes. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they follow and they see that. But then they see I post this. And so I realized that the people who start resonating with both, those are the people who end up messaging me saying like, thank you so much because yes. you're posting about like hyping me up but at the same time being realistic and like sharing this point. And then the exactly. people who only take one side or the other, um, like that's fine. They can do that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. what can you you're do never going to be able to, to uh, you're never going to be able to decide how people consume your content at the end of the day. Like you can put it out there, but you're, you're never going to be able to control how people view it. Yeah. Um, and as long as you just do your, like, you know, being consistent and posting so that people can start to understand your story through weeks and weeks and months and months of content. Like that's kind of what it comes down to. Right. And like, if they really are genuinely interested in who you are and what you have to say, they're not just going to follow you on on TikTok. They're going to go to your Instagram. They're going to go to their YouTube. They're going to get that bigger picture. And those are the people at the end of the day that matter, right? Like the, the people who actually take the time to like, understand what you're saying like they matter and they're going to get the big picture and those people who just watch like a 10 second thing and make a snap judgment like i don't fucking care like yeah, yeah. yeah. go oh, keep scrolling like, oh that was like the new tiktok i created when i first created it like it had zero followers right and the yeah. first video started blowing up and some people were commenting like why should we take your advice you have 20 followers you have and i was like it says in my bio this is like a new account for yeah. this and yeah. like also the video was talking about like for example I made a video like talking about like 10 years ago yeah Instagram I was sponsored by Billabong this and this and yet they're like why would I take your advice I was like well 
first, this video said I was sponsored by all these companies. So not for no reason. (laughs) Second, like I said, this is a new account. And this also third, I was not talking about TikTok. I was talking about Instagram. And uh, I was like, you know, you can't argue with those people. You You just have to be like, I just commented being like, hey, yeah, this is just a new account. Hoping to spread value. And then some people started defending me being like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter how many followers. Just good good info. Haters on TikTok. There are some haters. Um, I find, I find Instagram to be a little bit more harsh than than TikTok right now. I'm hoping that changes, but, um, I was going to say, oh yeah, I just, man, I just kill people with kindness on, on these, um, comments. That's all you can do. Thank you so much for your opinion. It's so valued. Like, thank you so much for being (laughs) here. I appreciate your comment, but, but (laughs) I'm like, okay. You know? you know what? Like a lot of times they do come around. Like that's happened oh, yeah. a lot where like I can see someone just didn't understand or like they're clearly like kind of, you know, just trolling or whatever. Totally. And I'll be like, hey, like, you know, I appreciate that. Just sending you love. Like, you know, yeah. you know, it, not my content doesn't have to be for you. That's totally fine. Like, you know, you can, I hope it doesn't come back up on your page or whatever. Like you can yeah. just, yeah, exactly. Cause like those people obviously have something wrong. Like when I put in my mindset, and like, there's been places where like, I have been a judgmental person before. And I think about what was going on when I was being judgmental in my head. Hopefully it usually, it didn't usually come out in a comment, but like, yeah. I think about it and I'm like, I was in a bad place during those times. Like when I was being judgmental or I didn't fully understand this, or like I was a teen and I was just agreeing with whatever this person said. So I'm like, you know what? It's not you know, they're going through something and then they're yeah. just putting it out on online. And so they obviously have something much worse going on than whatever you have going on if they're doing yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Let's, um, we're going to wrap this up because it's been an awesome conversation and a long one. We try and keep our podcast under an hour, but that didn't happen here. Um, <laughs> that's fine. It was a great conversation. Um, Nat, thanks so much for coming on. Where can people find you and follow you? What are your handles so people can uh, take a look at your content? Yeah. Uh, at Natalie Allport everywhere. Um, yeah. And I think that my website's www.natalieallport.com. So you can probably find links to everything there too. Um, but yeah, same, same name, same handle everywhere. That's perfect. Easy. Um, thank you so much, Nat. We'll have you on again soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much. And make sure that you're subscribing to our channel for future FGB Shorts and FGB Full Podcast interviews. If you're watching this on uh, iTunes and or Spotify, then make sure you're subscribing to our channel so that you can be in touch with us um, for all future episodes. Have a great day, guys. See you later.